0: I'm not a preacher, and I'm not drunk. I'm just a politician. Everybody, come out, up out of your houses. Clarence Hillian is gonna make you a super human being. Wow, number 14, Frank Bottom Cinema. Mike McPatton, the author of Teen Movie Hell and Heavy Metal Movies. Uh, Aaron Lee, introduce yourself. From Los Angeles, Aaron Lee,
1: uh, writer and producer of TV shows like Family Guy and Superstore and stuff like that.
0: And a guest. A month of threatening a guest. Yes. Uh, Mystery Man, will you please introduce yourself? (laughs) Can I just
2: sign the chalkboard? That's right. <laughs> Just the next, please. Uh, I am I am I am Mike's uh, old friend, Frank Santopadre, co-host uh, and producer of the Gilbert Gottfried Amazing Colossal Podcast.
0: How about that, everybody? Which our pal uh, Mike is, this, is a, Oh This was our of. go-to get. Oh, you are sweet. I'm the first guest on the show? Uh, no, we had um, LA comedy legend Joe Wagner call in from a payphone on the Great. corner of uh, Wow. <laughs> Hollywood and Vine. Um, to discuss
1: the movie Bloodsucking Freaks. Yeah, that to was talk important. about Bloodsucking Freaks. Are, are there payphones? Where, where,
0: where did he find a payphone? <laughs> uh, you have to ask Joe. He knows a lot of things. <laughs> wow. Um, and then Ben Reiser guested with us to discuss uh, Boardwalk with uh, Lee Strasberg. Sure, and Ruth, Ruth Gordon, Gordon. A classic. That was shot in Ben's house. Wow. His yes, I saw, that, I saw
2: that on the website. Very impressive, Ben.
0: And uh, Sunnyside with Joey Travolta. That was our double feature. Wow. But And, and Ben and I host a, a, an excellent podcast called 70 Movies We Saw in the 70s. Uh, we have uh, the feature this week is Benji. Next week we're talking about Convoy. So this is what I'm up to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, it, it's a great idea for a podcast, if I must say.
0: Thank you. If, you if must. May, you must. We need say, it. Our egos desperately I, need I'm it. I'm
2: sorry I'm not on a payphone. I'll do my best to... Uh, <laughs> uh we're we're not not used
1: to we're not used to guests we can hear that's that's uh (laughs) this will be an interesting one
2: (laughs) i want to ask aaron i've always wanted to ask aaron what stewie griffin is really like oh well you know
1: i i wrote i i wrote most of the stewie lines um that was pretty much all me so Uh, uh, that's my favorite sitcom lie I, i write for this one character uh Stewie Griffin uh, you know I I haven't been at Family Guy in a long time and I, I miss those guys. I miss the family Guy crew.
0: they're they're good they're a good bunch. I'll that tell you sure. my favorite Aaron uh, family Guy anecdote, which is maybe my favorite family guy bit ever ever was when Peter becomes a toothpick guy. So he's just got a toothpick yes. in the corner of his mouth. And he's just yeah. completely obnoxious and talking to like talking to the new kid at school. He's at a fish counter, meeting, and he's like, "I'm a toothpick guy." So I was, I called Aaron to praise him for that bit, and he said, "Seth held an emergency meeting to say <laughs> that was the worst thing we have ever broadcast. There will be no, no standalone bits like that
1: anymore. <laughs> no more toothpick guy." More yeah. more than yeah. once, I sat in a room with Seth, where he would go, "Did you see the show this week? Did you see that fucking joke that came out there?" <laughs> and I'd be sitting there going, "Oh yeah, that was my joke. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Oh sorry wow, I ruined your show."
2: We got to get Frank, Seth on the show. He's he's such a Gilbert fan, obviously, as Gilbert was in uh, Gilbert was Lincoln and and uh, Million Ways to Die in the West. Got him. got he's been get, on Family
0: Guy a couple of times. Yeah,
2: right? I got to get Seth in here.
0: So, how yeah. are you, Mister Santo Padre? Let's uh, talk a bit. The show, the Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, which you, of which, which I am you are the,
3: a, an integral part of.
0: Thank you. I do the Facebook page and promote in different yes. ways. You're it's been fantastic. Seen. the The uh, Barry Sonnenfeld episode <laughs> is one of the funniest things I've ever lived through. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rachel, my wife, and I just listened to his book, and you have to buy the audio book oh, because absolutely. without that voice, you. Ha- I, I mean, you. yeah. And we just we fl- like just sat in the car and drove uh, around the block for about nine hours straight listening to it. So.
2: He's a great raconteur. I mean, he's known as a, primarily yeah. as a director, but he's just a wonderful. So we wanted him on for a long time. and Finally, when the book came out, that was the time. But he he tells wonderful stories. He used to come on Letterman just to tell stories when he didn't have yeah. anything to promote.
0: Yeah, I put some of those on the uh, Facebook page. So
2: that's right. That's right. And it's always good to have a guest that comes in and gives Gil shit from start to finish.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, that, those are the best episodes. Bob yeah. Einstein is probably the high watermark.
2: Yeah. Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor.
0: Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah.
2: Phenomenal. We just, did, we just recorded Brad Garrett the other night, and and uh, he he went easy on Gilbert, much to my surprise. <laughs> I thought we wow. were going mm-hmm. to have another Einstein uh, situation on our hands. But a, but a great guest. Great talker.
0: Because I've heard him on Stern a couple of times, back when Howard would have good guests like Gilbert on. Uh, and he I, I, he had no fear of Howard whatsoever. It was oh, really amazing. He's fearless. And I was like, well, because he's got, everybody loves Raymond money.
3: Yes. <laughs> so he's like, he a lot of fuck care. you money.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't care. This sitcom I'm doing on Fox could bomb. What difference does it make to me? <laughs> so, you, uh, you guys, fra- I just
1: got to say, too, you guys have the rare podcast that you I will listen to no matter who the guest is. It might that's, be the only podcast you don't kind. scroll and go. Oh, I don't. It's always entertaining. I was thinking about this, Mike. Like you go through podcasts, you go, is it a topic I'm interested in this week? You know, and always, and Gilbert, yeah. Sh- you just listen to it regardless. But but always, I think yeah. that's why no one's listening to our show. No one <laughs> on earth would scroll through and go, oh oh like oh the the uh, the the John Ritter. <laughs> you
3: know, we're Ritter the only dish. ones. We, it's we, we
1: just for you and me. I'm well, sure that's not
2: true. Well, <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you guys some
0: promotion. Thank you, thank you. The uh, first episode, we'll be doing like six movies.
2: We'll talk we, you up on the, on, the, you. On, the, on, the, on the GGACP, and that's very kind, Aaron. Thank you. We get a lot of that. We get people who write and say, I didn't care about Dennis DeYoung, for example, uh, but uh, then I listened to the show, and now I'm a fan. So that's gratifying. He was great. Yeah, yeah.
1: He
0: well, was we
2: knew really, he yeah. was a great, another great storyteller yeah. and a loose cannon. And
1: I do and I do laugh my ass off listening, but I have always kind of seen your podcast as a drama too, like a a drama (laughs) about a man, uh, you being a man sitting with Gilbert Gottfried, trying to keep him on track, not to not tell the the Danny Thomas glass table (laughs) anecdote again. And and this valiant struggle and and it's it's almost more like a an old old sitcom like Gilligan's Islander. You know you know <laughs> he'll never do it. Yeah. You know he'll never pull it off. But we're trying again this week. <laughs>
2: yeah, I love. 317 shows later, I still, it I still haven't pulled it off. I still haven't gotten the radio to work with seawater.
0: Yeah, you should uh, end each episode with a da 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 da. Yeah, you should hit him with your hat. Hit him with
1: your hat at the end. He's of He's gotten every episode. better.
2: I, I don't have to. I don't have to give him a list of things not to say anymore.
1: <laughs> wow, oh, how, oh, how did you do that? Well, there how were certain
2: d- guests that where I would say, uh, "I know you. You're dying to ask this person about this this uh, <laughs> this significant tragedy in their lives." <laughs> But I assure you, it's going to stop the show in its tracks, and uh, and we're going to spend twenty minutes talking about <laughs> the, the 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 murder of this person's uh, ex girlfriend, <laughs> right? Um,
0: of which he is the prime suspect. <laughs> yeah. Well, we would always have the same
1: rules at the Comedy Central roast that Gilbert would do. Like everybody would have one thing: don't bring this up, and. And I think Gilbert would probably bring up all of them, all of those topics.
2: It's one time. of the things you have to admire about him. I mean, oh, and yeah. and you know, I, I will pay him a compliment. I mean, calling Brad, Brad is certainly fearless, but Gilbert, maybe it's maybe it's uh, self destruction.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, and, I mean, it's madness, is what it is. Yes, <laughs> but
2: he he will he will say the thing that no one should say. Yes, and 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 those kind of comedians and satirists are in short supply, I think.
0: Yeah. So I just I remember Amy Heckerling, another great guest, who I got to meet uh, yeah. while I was writing, you. Uh, teen movie hell. But when she was on uh, Stern, and they were well, when G- Gilbert was on talking about terrorizing her nanny, whose parents had survived the Holocaust, Howard said to her, "Like, why do you think Gilbert does these things?" She just said, "I think he's a very sick individual." <laughs>
2: <laughs> she wasn't far off. No, no. There, there are certain guests, uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to mention their actual names, but you can figure it out. There, there are certain guests where I'll, ju- I'll just say, you know, if you, if you say this, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm actually going to get up and walk out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so See? you choose.
0: He's kept the identity of the chicken hawk under wraps very successfully.
2: Well, you, you know who it is.
0: I don't, and I was oh. going to ask you off. Uh, <laughs> off <think> air, it's <laughs> pretty.
2: It's pretty much been revealed on the listeners, the uh, Facebook listener society fan pages by this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: um, how did you meet Gilbert? I know you saw him when you you were a kid, in, a teenager, right? At Caroline's at the seaport.
2: I saw him the first time. I saw him. I uh, the first. I think I was the first time I was in a comedy club when I was 18 at uh, the comic strip right up here in the neighborhood I live in, in the Upper oh, East Side of Manhattan. Sure. And uh, you know, it was uh, it, it <laughs> <laughs> to see a guy get up on stage, I, I, I was there to see a friend perform um, a, a new comic. So I'd seen a lot of struggling comics and new comics. And Gilbert was not a headliner. He was, he was the surprise walk-in there to work out material. Right. right. So you're watching, you know, uh, uh, a newbie comics. Try out material. Gilbert takes the stage with material about uh, uh, suspected uh, Nazi Kurt Waldheim being mistaken <laughs> for Norman Fell, <laughs> and uh, you know elaborate bits about Lou Costello in Citizen Kane yeah. and 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 Chico Marx in Psycho and just and I just said this is this is something I have never seen before, and I, yeah. I fell in love with his comedy. Uh, that was right around the time uh, he was. Ju- I think he was just. He hadn't done SNL yet, or maybe he had, but he was just becoming uh, known to uh, beyond beyond uh, standup circles. Right. I think SNL was was kind of the first national exposure. Yeah. Um, but but I I said I'd never saw anybody do comedy like this, and I became a super fan, and I followed him from gig to gig, basically wow. for years. And he would do uh, in those days. Uh, he would do long sets, like at Caroline's at the Seaport, which is now gone. He would he would get up and do an an, uh, an hour and a half, and you just you couldn't breathe. Right, right. You know, a smart material. Uh, you know, esoteric stuff. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, Deep dives into the most obscure character actors, <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, it, it was it was my language to make a long story short. Years later, I found myself writing for a, a show called Caroline's Comedy Hour, and right. we brought him in to do a, uh, a skit to play Robert Redford in an indecent proposal parody. <laughs> and uh, I worked with him there. I worked with him on another project. I worked with him on a comedy special, and I worked with him. And he and you know, he just—he didn't—he refused to know who I was, even though I had worked with him and met him six, seven, eight, nine times. And then, of course, there's the story I've told on the show of how I snatched him off the street in L.A. and dragged him to the uh, autograph show.
0: Right, right.
2: Um, but it was actually—it uh, was Dara who actually has social skills, who, <laughs> who, I, who I befriended, and. Um, And then I would just see him at events, and uh, when I was writing for the Joy Behar show, he would come, and he would come to The View and do little bits, Um, and uh, one day we just started talking on the phone uh, for hours about nothing. Wow. You know, the kind of things you guys love to talk about. Yeah. 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 You know, the cinema of Simon Oakland. (laughs) Does that mean anything to you? The world. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And Dara would listen to us, just laugh for hours, and say, "You guys ought to do something with us. You ought to be productive." And we had no idea how to be productive. This is the early days of podcasting, by the way twenty thirteen.
0: Yeah, not well, everyone had a
2: podcast like, yeah. then. So we just we neither one of us knew what it was or how to do it, and we just thought this would be a lark. We'll call people we like and call people we grew up on and see who's still alive, you know. The original conceit was too contrived. We we were going to basically say, I wonder if that person's still alive. Oh, here's his number. Let's call (laughs) (laughs) and see if he picks up the phone. And we knew that wouldn't work. Five or six shows in, ten shows in, uh, we, we realized we had something that people actually cared about other than just us. You know that there yeah, are guys like you with, out there who care yeah, about Larry Storch.
0: Right away, Dick the first the Dick Cavett episode was unlike any interview program I had ever heard. I, I was just completely besmirched, besmitten. Smir- be <laughs> Thank
2: you. Well, I realized we could do something different: is that we could take somebody like Dick Cavett and get him to do. We, he, there he was doing impressions of Asian character actors from the, from the forties. <laughs> <40s. laughs> And it occurred to me we could do something with this. We could get, we could we could show different sides of people, right? And you know, do deep dives into the things they love and the things that the the obscure shit that they're obsessed with and never get a chance to talk about or have never been interviewed about. So that's the that's the joy of the show for me.
0: And that's uh, that's the kind of joy we want to create today here with you, Frank, as we talk about Mike Sextet. From 1970. I'm sorry, I have to go. I
3: want to thank so, you
2: personally for bringing Sex Tet back into my life. Had you what, seen Sex Tet before? Years ago, and, and and managed to purge it from my memory. <laughs> I probably saw it in the 80s, somewhere. Maybe on in, in a we theater. Used to do, we used to do kinky double. I when I went to film school at SVA, we used to do, I, I was part of the film society, and we used to do kinky double bills. So oh, I think it showed with Myra Breckenridge.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's go. good. I'm going to say
2: perfect. 82 or 83, which was the last time yeah. I saw it. I didn't remember anything about it except Dom DeLouise singing the Beatles song.
0: Honey Pie, yes.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and of course, Love Will Keep Us Together. is the big showstopper that everybody songs. knows. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he really was back. Sadaka was back.
2: I don't know who went to Neil and said, How would you like to get two of your songs in a major motion picture?
0: Well, I'm going to tell you who it was. Uh oh. <laughs> um, and you know, because May had released a rock album in 1972 called "Great Balls of Fire," and it was uh, produced by Ian Whitcomb. Of course, it was, was... all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian Whitcomb was a British Invasion guy who had a minor hit with uh, in '65. You Turn me on, which I wasn't familiar with, but then I kind of thought I was when I listened to it on YouTube. Uh, but he, um, he rewrote Happy Birthday, Sweet 16 for the movie. Yeah, right. And wrote oh, a couple yeah. of, as Happy Birthday 21 and uh, wrote a couple other songs that got cut from the movie. So, so there's your because it, you know, Let me just say why. Because it would have been too creepy to
1: have 85-year-old Mae West sing Happy Birthday Day 16 to a 16-year-old. <laughs> it's, not, it's not chilling and nightmarish at all to see her do it to a 21-year-old. That looks that's like, like totally a hustler
0: fine. from Hollywood Boulevard, like Alexander, <laughs> yes. the other side of Dawn. Yeah,
1: and that guy's uncredited, by the way, which is all the creepier. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets no credit. The guy, the guy that's in her hotel room trying to woo her. No, he's one of the guys at the gym in the tiny little red shorts. Oh, that guy. That's t- t- yes. the mascot. Yeah. Who, who, yes, who's weirdly given right. lots of close-ups and leering at her. <laughs> right, a- and then <laughs> like a twink version of Eddie Van Halen, kind yeah. of. Yeah, the little the Eddie Monster thrown in. Yes, yes. The fact that he's not
0: credited—I was just going to say—it makes me think he may have been murdered. Go, go ahead. <laughs> By the uh, United States Athletic Team. I was going to say the guy—the
2: the guy who was trying to seduce her in the hotel room. That, that's some of the worst acting I've ever seen <laughs> on the screen. Oh my God. I mean, in a, in a film where bad acting is in—is in not in short supply. No. And that guy, what was
0: that? <laughs> I that was least like, I have no answer. I can say the name like Ian Whitcomb, snuff, but I don't snuff know. film level actor. <laughs> there is a lot of snuff element in this. Oh so, god! So well, Ian
2: Whitcomb went to went to Neil Sedaka, and as, this was part of Neil's comeback, right? Around seventy. Yeah, well, he,
0: seventy-two. So this was before he probably was right. looking for uh, some right. royalty before he hooked and, up with
2: Elton. And, and, yeah,
0: exactly, and. Uh, yeah, because so so Ian would masterminded the Great Balls of Fire album and uh, wow, clung did you to, listen to
1: that, Mike? Did you listen to Great Balls of Fire on
0: YouTube? I certainly did. Yes, it's and a how mixture was it? of covers and, I mean, it's you know fairly dreadful. It's about on par with if you heard one of the songs, you heard you're such but a complete. cover of Happy Birthday, Sweet Sixteen? So. I am going to reach
2: out to Neil's. We had Neil on the show. He was a wonderful guest. He was one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, he's one of my probably top five shows that we've done, yeah. I, and I love the guy. I'm, I have a, an excuse now to reach out. I was going to call him and say how you doing during the pandemic, but now I have something to talk about.
3: Perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. for hours. Yeah. What Ask were you if thinking? Ever seen it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So something Aaron had far deadlier. deadlier. You've seen Six Tet before. Have we watched it together? I, I, you know,
1: I feel like we must have watched it together to. in, in yeah. your apartment in Brooklyn. I, we I, I definitely like did. A, yes, on VHS. We did. And, because and you know, Rhino
0: Video put it out on VHS.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yes. And I I, I had to find this movie streaming on Voodoo, you, you know, that, yeah. that's how I got to see it. And it was a full frame, like full on VHS transfer wow. with, with the, uh, the media, uh, media pictures logo. Remember that that came down in yeah, like a chrome dun, dun, metal? Dun, dun. Yes. Yeah, so so this was a real flashback to for me to wow. watching shitty video store movies. No. I, I, gonna...
2: I, as I recall, Mike, you talked about this on our show.
0: Yes, we did uh, all star comedy disasters. That's right, and that was one of them. And this I one ranks, this one just, this deserves show. a ranking. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I was talking to Rachel today, like I said. I'm going to guess that I've seen Sex TED, and I've never seen it in a theater, which is tragic. I'm going to say, without exaggerating, at least 20 times, and she wow. said, you and I have watched it 20 times. Wow. So I watched it on DVD, <laughs> my, my beautiful DVD. That I have.
2: Why is sex? Why does Sex TED need to be on DVD? <laughs> For
1: Mike. because there are men of taste <laughs> like me
0: out there, and you, you know, know it's men It was yeah.
2: made in the '70s, and it's dated if, it, it would have been dated if it was made in the '50s. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and, and when you say dated, it's like well past the sell-by date, especially well, the, the leading whole, lady.
2: The whole thing is like a, a Sonny and Cher sketch. That's perfect. Yes. It, yeah, it, it's it, it's it's
1: basically the whole movie is an act of elder abuse. It's it's eighty-five-year-old <laughs> yeah. May West forced around, like literally physically dragged from place to place by yeah. whatever guy whose arm she's on. And, uh, you you know, it's funny you say that it it reminded me of a movie like it made me think, Mike, of 70s, 80s movies like Pennies from Heaven, like like this dark look at the musical. We're going (laughs) to take a typical musical and stick an 85 year old woman in the middle of it who doesn't know what's going on and doesn't want to be here. I would imagine she did want to be there, though, Aaron. Well, it, it, I don't think even so. Good. I don't think so. I think it's like a like a purgatory. Like no, <laughs> even at eighty five, you must
0: stand under hot lights. You must, you know, you must know lines. Although <laughs> there's had a way of passing the time. You know, I interviewed Alice Cooper, who we have to somehow get on the Gilbert podcast. We're
2: working on it as we speak.
0: Great. He can't uh, tell us he's touring now. He was. He is. He was such a sweet guy and such a great interview. But he told me for heavy metal movies. Um, that he did his song with May, and she said, "Why don't you come up to my trailer?" And uh, he said, "Well, first off, I'm not sure you're a woman." And she said, "Oh, <laughs> I assure you, I'm all." I'm sure <laughs> you're a woman. <laughs> and he said, "And you're 86 years old." And she, and he also, so she kept pressing the issue. He said, "Look, I'm married. I'm very married." And she said, "That doesn't seem to stop the other boys." And then afterwards. Uh, <laughs> Wow. He said Keith Moon and Ringo came up to him with the same story, and apparently she had hit on everybody on the set. Wow! Which brings to mind—I was going to save this for later, but uh, I don't know if you any—if you're familiar with the Steve Rossi story that he told on. Stern oh, of a couple course. Times.
2: Well, Jackie told it on our show. <laughs>
0: oh, that's right,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jackie the joke man.
0: So Steve Rossi of Allen and Rossi was at one point getting oral sex from May West, and. <laughs> In his a moment of passion, gripped her head and his wig came off in her hand, in his hands. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> oh, <God. God. laughs>
2: yeah, that's so. Funny. Alice
0: Cooper uh, maintains he did not experience a similar good for Alice. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Keith Moon, uh, uh, and this isn't saying much. Keith Moon gives one of the best performances in the film.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that is a commitment. Fine. Yeah, yeah,
0: Very he commits. Fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there was actually something kind of Keith Moon, Ringo Starr, Alice Cooper. I was thinking about this. Those are three of the guys who, of their own volition in the 70s, were three of the biggest kind of of out-of-control alcoholic rock stars. Yeah, they were
0: the the Hollywood vampires. That was their drinking
1: club with Mickey (laughs) Dolenz and uh, Harry Nielsen. And I did. I I almost found it touching that they would show up and and try. <laughs> like <laughs> each, uh, of, each of them really. Keith Moon really gives us all. Alice yeah. Cooper does that whole disco song. Right it's, to her. I, I gotta Ringo tell you, I love that song
0: it. too. And I think he really delivers it well. Yeah. yeah Written yeah, By Van McCoy, who's in the movie.
2: Van McCoy. Oh, the, the
0: hustle to do the
1: hustle. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, He's okay. In there see, somewhere.
1: Now that explains it. I. I I was listening that the Marlowe theme song. Right. That was just a do the hustle ripoff, and, and so now that that, that was also Van why. McCoy
0: and he's it really kicked credited ass, on IMDb the as one of the, being one of the U.N. delegates. But I think he's on with the United States athletic team in the gym. <laughs> God, so have you be. ever
1: seen more trampoline scenes in a single film? <laughs> Like that was clearly their one big investment was we and got May a trampoline, was three I years. was gonna say it needed more
2: trampoline scenes. <laughs>
3: yeah. May, and May, May on a saying. trampoline would have would've have helped. You oh, know, I'm ad- oh God.
2: I, I have to say, I mean, I'm an admirer of Mae West, and if you you know, if you if you know anything about her, and I know you guys do, I mean she 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 really was, it's a cliche, but she was ahead of her time. Oh yeah. She was a women's yeah. liber. Yeah. You know, before it was fashionable, rights, she was yeah. for, she promoted. Yeah, she was for gay rights before it was before it was uh, in vogue. She uh, she ran afoul of the church. For uh, I love her for that alone. <laughs> yeah, and she, got to, arrested, uh, she got arrested.
0: She uh, got arrested. Yeah, here in the city. Yeah, sentenced to ten days on um, Roosevelt Island. Roosevelt Island. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm looking <laughs> for the right at sex. across my window. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which she, I it, thought
0: Sextet was based on, but it wasn't.
2: It was. I believe that she was. What she was busted for was a show called Sex. That's what I
0: mean. Yeah, and then she later wrote the play Sex Ted.
2: But she, um, you know, she she was a a First Amendment person. Uh, She 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 paid the price. She fought censorship. She went to jail. Um, I wish she had stayed retired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not I, because what else? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other movie we pitched was uh, Myra Breckenridge, which she's in, and. can Hieronymus Merkin ever forget Mercy Hump and find oh, true happiness? Oh God,
2: is she in that?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm oh. saying, oh, oh Anthony, if, if she Anthony had retired, Hulley. that's what we'd have to talk about, Frank. Oh. 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 Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a tougher movie to make it through than Sex Ted.
2: I guess the fact that she's associated with two of the of the of, of the biggest mega bombs uh, ever released.
0: I mean that's you know two double cherries on the yeah top that's of her that's, career, that's something
2: I believe, of distinction. Yeah. I, I have yeah. great ad- admiration for her and it's it's even hard to dislike her in this even oh, even though yeah. you feel no, you're you
0: feel for her to stay alive. Yeah,
2: yeah, she couldn't and, hear. She was wearing an earpiece famously. Right. Kurt, Curtis gave interviews said she couldn't hear anything. She couldn't hear the direction.
0: Well,
1: didn't you know, Curtis also give a famous interview where he claimed that... On the that- Dame Edna show. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right. He claimed... Well, you tell... I'm trying to remember. He claimed, he claimed that, like, that she, she was picking up police
0: radio signals. Right. And <laughs> repeating the line. said, we got a 608 on the corner of Gower."
3: <laughs> that's right. a good story. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. The director said that's not true. It was an apocryphal talk show. <laughs>
3: But Got I'll say dumb. this for
0: for her in Sex
1: in terms of her being likable, she still has some good jokes. She still has a couple. Oh, they're she her classic She just delivers lines. them. Yeah. yeah, she just delivers yeah. them way too slow. And and th- this was uh, here's the joke I loved that was I don't think this is one of her classics, is it? Was uh, talking about Ringo Starr as the director. They called him the son of Lubitsch, yeah, or, or at least it that sounded joke. that way. That's, that's a, a good a joke. joke. Yeah. Like that's that's not from her old. Now how about? Uh, I work at Paramount all day and Fox on and Fox line. Is that That's one a of classic? Her classics? Yes. That is yeah. a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is risky stuff for
0: for back yeah. in the day. So, we should um we haven't even really popped into the movie, yet, but so Frank, we do a rating system. We do like a Uh-oh. thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah but we come up with a unique one for each uh, yeah, film.
1: And, and here's the thing you need to know. This is not a classy podcast like the Gilbert <laughs> podcast. So so it, it's always a shit joke for me. And I, I don't want you to be offended, but that's I just want you to know that's what's coming.
2: We've never been referred to as a classy podcast, Aaron, before. So, <laughs> Oh, the
1: classiest.
2: I, I, appreciate I always that.
1: listen in a tux. I always
2: listen. <laughs> I appreciate that. What is it? Is it is the Charles Lawton stories uh, that you find classiest? <laughs> the the, the oh, Cesar yes. Romero? <laughs> i got to show you guys something on camera here. Please. This is, uh, you can describe to your listeners. This was sent to me by a fan. Um, can you see this? A woman hand-stitched oh orange Oh, my gosh. Edges. Oh, my God, that's great. So
0: it's uh, a bowl of stitch. Are they felt or what are they? Yeah, they're felt
2: orange wedges in a basket (laughs) that was.
0: And they look juicy and beautiful.
2: (laughs) Hand-stitched. That's amazing. Holy (laughs) mackerel.
0: Wow. I I can't imagine what our fans are eventually going to hand-stitch for us, Aaron.
2: You guys stay on the air long enough, and that's the kind of stuff you can look forward to.
0: So here's so, my oh so so for the example one that really killed me was last week we did uh, Woodless Allens we did two Annie Hall ripoffs mm-hmm. and Aaron came up with Annie oh the, Hall. the thumbs up thumbs up thumbs down rating system right. yes and Aaron came up with Annie Hall or anal hell <laughs> <laughs> so, which bested mine which was Mensch or Stench okay <laughs> so all right so what is it I for have Sextet? two this week. This one's very basic, but may best or may worst. Good. And then uh-huh. this one is very, you got to hang on with me for this one. Is that a gun in your pocket or are you happy to see me? Or is that a gun against your head because you just happened to see me? <laughs> okay. Not bad. <laughs> Good.
1: Uh, you know, I only had a tet or suck shit. That was my first word. And uh, my little chickadee or my little chunk of duty.
2: So, <laughs> but
1: <Wow>. I think
0: <laughs> beats me
2: again. <laughs> I would have prepared something. <laughs> but
1: no, no, you don't beat me, Mike. I think in honor in honor of our classy guest, let's go with may may best or may worst. I think that's I think I that's our guest should choose
0: among those oh, yeah, those four options. All
1: right, okay, yeah, okay.
2: Oh, do
0: I get to choose? Yeah, yeah. I'll go oh, with yeah. that one. Yeah, may best or may worst. May best okay. or may yeah. worst. yeah,
2: I like to keep Cla- it clean, when I can. It Yeah, yeah. You've heard, you know my work.
0: I do, yes. Yeah, so um, May best for me. May best right may, away. Oh, Go
2: on
3: yeah. May best. Yeah.
2: May best. Yeah. May best. Oh, uh, uh, you mean we're we're yeah. Oh no, we're ranking the movie now in the morning. May best or may worst in terms of our experience, and so we should yeah, get the so, so as in as in so bad, it's an entertaining
0: experience.
1: For for me, I would say a May best because it was yes, I was. Say I say totally May best
0: because it's one of the best films I've ever seen. You mean that? I really love it. I mean, so what do I... This is my whole thing. This is why I hate mystery science theater. I hate the Razzies. I hate anything like that. Sure. Because I don't... I'm not into the irony thing. I ask a movie to entertain me, to transport me, Mm -hmm. to leave a memorable impression on me, to create a world that I can be a part of. And this is a movie that I have returned to again and again and again. Now, it's, it's like by a normal standard, it's... Bizarre and insane. Yes, Uh, but I don't think it's incompetently done. It's—I certainly wasn't bored at any point during it ever. Um, so I truly love this film. But yeah, I will. Clearly, I'll concede that it's an act of uh, complete madness.
2: Well, when you say when you talk about competence, I mean, there. (laughs) First of all, there really isn't a story.
0: (laughs) Excuse me, Marlowe Manners. It's an
2: extended skit. The great and, and
0: movie I, star Marlo Manners is in London. She's yeah. just married her sixth husband, uh-huh. Sir Michael Barrington, played by right. Timothy Dalton, right? Uh, while shooting a movie, and their night of love keeps getting interrupted by that, by the movie shoot and an international peace negotiation among UN delegates going on at the same hotel.
2: Makes all the sense in the world, yeah. <laughs> and they're and they're blended together seamlessly. May I add?
0: I would agree with that statement, made ironically. I
2: had no Uh, fucking idea what was happening with the pink cassette tape. I kept saying, as I was watching this, I turned to my wife and I said, "What I will have Mike do when I get on uh, uh, with him is have him explain what the hell was happening." (laughs) Okay. And now I'm sure that I've seen it twice.
0: (laughs) May West, as Marlo Manners, is recording her memoirs.
2: Yes, caught that.
0: And onto this pink cassette. And at some point, Dom DeLuise, as her assistant, mm-hmm. says, oh, that's hot stuff. If that gets out, you know, your reputation on this new movie, which is called Catherine Was Great, is the movie that they're shooting. That's going to really hurt your reputation. So, right. And
1: also, she's been an agent. She's been working with the U.S. We going revealed around. that, yes. yes,
0: they are in, in a montage with a flowing American flag behind them. They explain this complicated plot that she is a secret agent for the United States government, she and Dom huh. And she, she's she been brought on because Tony Curtis, as the Soviet envoy, will not vote da on this peace negotiation. He's the only holdout in this room full of ethnic stereotypes.
2: So I imagine so, at, the, at the, around the 20th time it starts to come into focus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so, it's kind of like they the, say
1: about some of the Raymond Chandler works that it's like, well, it seems so confusing. Yeah. The but the well, yeah. Faulkner screenplay, uh, yeah, The Big Sleep w- is the one they always. That's say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I will say it's my favorite Keith Moon Dom DeLuise picture by
1: far.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, you've
1: uh, never seen the picture of them shit-faced drunk at. The Brown Derby in 1970, yeah. obviously.
2: Because that's <laughs> I, it. I I wasn't sure what was happening. It, it I didn't understand why Timothy Dalton. You're you, you're almost
0: you're almost led to believe that Timothy Dalton's up to something, which he well, is. Yes. Huh? It turns out he's one of the biggest secret agents <laughs> working in England. In fact, Dom DeLuise says <laughs> bigger than 007. Yeah, and we know what agent. happened a few years hence. You know, a decade later or so. So okay, so, 007.
2: so, so maybe I missed the boat here. So, so he is—is he—is he genuinely in love and sexually attracted to May well, West's clearly, character, yes. or is yeah. this, uh, or is he, on, or is he just on duty?
0: Well, he's—I, I, you know, this is an excellent question, and I have to think that she is so irresistible that he fell in love in the course of. I am going to write that fan fiction. They're they're courting. Uh, process that the led up to Ted the great sextet adventure yeah it's actually one of the
1: saddest things about the movie to me is that the whole thing is about how irresistible she is and how every yeah. guy wants to have sex with her and yet the whole movie is guys like Timothy Dalton going like oh I want to be with you so bad Marlo but I can't at the moment <laughs> like every everyone finds an excuse and he even says at one point I exercised on the trampoline so much I'm just too tired <laughs> so it it's That's really right. kind of sad, like, and she just wanders through thinking uh, they all want to have sex with her. And, I mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. and everyone, everyone in the movie is so in love with her and every line laughing so uproariously and <laughs> following her around like, has she had sex with her new husband yet? It's a really yeah. weird alternate universe we're in. Yeah, that's, that's t- my take. That explains it, Frank. It's an alternate universe. It, we're not we're not <laughs> bound by the rules of reality it's a here, little, man.
2: Well, for starters, it's a little stagey. I, I, I it, <laughs> so? it was based yeah. on a play. Yes. Yes, Sex because, Tech was the name of the play. Yes. Be- because it's a farce. There's it's people coming and going and running in and out of rooms. Yes. Yeah. So right away, you 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 recognize that part of it. And then the cameos, I mean, the, like the George Raft cameo is so stilted and so clumsy <laughs> and has no reason to exist other they than, hey, George Raft for we ten can minutes. get George yeah. Raft in this. He was in May West's first movie. That's right.
0: <laughs> Shove Alex George Cooper Raft. Said in. That, that was a do big huh? selling point. Alice Cooper said that was a big selling point for him to want to be That George him. Raft was in it? Yeah. He
2: didn't, they yeah. didn't have him flipping the coin. They didn't have him doing his tra- his trademark, George Raft. I would imagine
0: or... his arthritic fingers were no longer <laughs> capable of that.
2: <laughs> so at a, at a certain point, it becomes a, it's a stunt movie. You're sitting there waiting yes. for the next camera. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, okay, where's, I've you know, checking. You have like a little scorecard, and you're going, okay, there's Tony Curtis. I haven't seen Alice Cooper yet. By the way, I missed Regis entirely. How did I miss Regis?
0: He's in the first uh, two seconds of the move. As himself, yeah. As, as Regis, himself. yeah.
2: I don't know how I missed Regis.
0: He's <laughs> announcing that Marlowe matters. He, he well, this is your problem, Frank. He sets up the whole plot.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, see? It, okay. it all
1: would have made sense. I did oh. see Mr. Pitt
2: from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ian Abercrombie. That's right.
0: Turns up. Um, so, yeah, but, and, you know, uh, so Regis says, I'm Regis Philbin. I'm here in London with Marlowe, you know, so... Uh, that part was written for Walter Cronkite. Ah, somehow he passed. I'm uh, shocked at, he did. They got Rona Barrett. They got Rona everyone Barrett, else. Yeah. I saw yeah. Rona.
1: Yeah, yeah. Rona
0: yeah. Barrett is broadcasting the, the, the great event, which is basically like Marlowe Manor's fucking Sir Michael. That's what they're all talking about. Like, <laughs> yes, this this happy couple is going to consummate their wedding in the giant golden swan bed flown in from Hollywood. You can put this this, I
2: think you can put this movie into a category. Have you guys seen Bob Hope's Joys? Oh yes. <sighs> you know, peop, uh, uh, legends who should have stopped. <laughs> yes. you,
1: you know, uh, I thought of Bob Hope because of you guys on the podcast always talking about the Jack Frost video yes, with Bob. My favorite Hope. thing in with, the world. This was like a feature version of that. Yeah, of it has Bob that, Hope. Jack- oh, perfect! Yeah, it
2: has Jack yeah. Frost. Yeah, it's a female Jack yeah. Frost. They're moving yeah, her around. Yeah. It she and the way she's moving, she looks like she's physically uncomfortable. Like they're moving her oh, almost a, on a dolly from <laughs> I'm telling from, you. from set to set. It's hell. It's hell. In these <laughs> giant,
0: heavy Edith head costumes.
3: Yeah, and it took her
2: 12 minutes to sit down in the Tony Curtis scene where she's where. It, it's 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 a very strange. I felt like I was watching an old Sonny and Cher skit or or uh, or like or something like from the Tony Orlando and Dawn variety hour. Like we've got we've got May West this week.
0: Yeah, that's very accurate Frank.
2: Here's that's, May West in right a sketch. Well that. what those variety shows would do is they they would they would book people that had nothing to do with each other. So you right. could get a so this week's guest, uh May West, Keith Moon, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they Timothy made it work, Dalton
0: and sextet makes it. And work.
2: then put them in a skit together. Were writers poor writers like Bob Einstein, by the way, who was That's writing right. on that show, yeah. had to somehow come up with something that would be based on some something you could give Mae West to do that was Mae Westian, and and you could you could squeeze Timothy Dalton and Alice Cooper and Keith Moon in there somewhere, and it feels very much like a like a 70s variety show sketch somehow dragged out for an hour and 24 minutes. <laughs>
0: I, the, I would agree, and I would say that's uh, high praise. What you, <laughs> what you just did. <laughs> and and I'm going to tell so, you the two MVPs
1: here for me. Timothy please. Dalton. Timothy Dalton Amazing. really Great. earned his paycheck. Really yeah. humiliated himself. Really and really <laughs> deserved the James Bond role for this. And his him having to sing "Love Will Keep Us Together" is so embarrassing. Like, wow. I, I was like, God bless this guy. He he really worked for it. And then Mike, you know, Mike and I always watch these bad comedies on this podcast. And I've really grown to appreciate these terrible movies, badly written, extremely badly executed with incredibly funny people in them, like Dom DeLuise, who's my other big like this guy who's desperately trying to ring any comedy. Out of every moment, <laughs> he's like, trying. He, he's trying so hard, and he's and he's given absolutely nothing. And he's just and he's so good that I still laughed watching him. But but God,
0: he he has nothing to do. Well, the best example of that is when he's in the elevator and the two guys are doing what looks like uh, sign oh, language. Goes on yeah. forever. Oh and, my god! And it turns out that uh, you know they're they're actually card cheats, and they're rehearsing their hand signals. <laughs> oh, man. And then Dom, I mean, it's such a corny line. I crack up every time. Though he goes, "You're not deaf. You're not so dumb. You're both cheaters, and shame <laughs> on you." And then he like, and then the music goes, whoop, 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 whoop,
2: whoop, whoop. which hey, I, here's I, a crazy make... idea. How about having Ringo sing the Beatles song <laughs> instead of Dom DeLuise? Just just crazy enough to work. <laughs> Oh, God. Or find an excuse for, for for Ringo and Keith and Alice to perform something together. I know Ringo would have been breaking character because he's playing... Some, he's playing so Laszlo, the it's, director it's that was kidnapped
0: by gypsies. Yeah. Yes.
1: And, well, wait. So, explain that to me. Why does he have the other than bad acting? Why does he have the incredibly thick accent when he checks into the hotel at the beginning, and then is just the Ringo accent when he's directing May West? What, well, what's going on there? Is,
0: these are these are the subtleties that I can pick <laughs> up on. So <laughs> you're ruining it for him, Aaron. <laughs> no, he's watched it 40 times.
1: I believe Mae West he has cracked says, the
0: code. Laszlo. Claimed he was kidnapped by gypsies.
1: <laughs> okay. And it
0: had a real influence on him. So oh his affect God. is to pretend that he's a gypsy. Okay. And I as see. he loosens up, his Liverpudlian accent returns. And she says this in voiceover, I assume. Yeah, at the beginning, where she's like, Yeah, I mean, there was this
1: open. So, yeah. So there's a good suspicion that he just blew the accent and then they added voiceover to it. Yeah, They plane. were
0: all out of their minds <laughs> drunk. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Yes. <laughs> Part of the other
2: problem is they didn't really write a role for her. She's just saying Mae West one-liners, right? Which yeah. is again, which is again, what you would do in a skit. You would do this yeah. in a in a in a, in a six-minute variety skit. You wouldn't actually have to develop a character and a character arc. And since they don't bother, yeah, it's just every <laughs> bit of dialogue is another Mae West double entendre. Yeah, Uncommon. it's a
0: setup for her to yes yeah, say yeah. You know, right. And she does finally at the end get to say, come up and see me sometime.
2: I think it's fair to call this a Mae West vehicle.
0: <laughs> a vehicle moves, Frank. Yeah. That's <laughs> the only problem there. A vehicle is Frank. in motion and has momentum. The vehicle so. was the dolly that Frank mentioned that they wheeled her around.
3: <laughs> yes. I, I,
2: you could, I, I think the Foley guys were working overtime to remove the squeaky wheel sounds from the track. Yeah. <laughs> But I want to say on,
3: you
0: know <laughs> I want to say Dalton, I think, gets the the biggest legit laugh in the movie when Rona Barrett is interviewing him and he naively doesn't understand words like gay and relationships. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, at Eaton, there was the camaraderie on the field, the byplay in the locker room, the good natured give and take in the shower. <laughs> and she says, Sir Michael, are you gay? He's like, Yes, I'm gay. Happy and gay. Always happy and gay. Never depressed. <laughs>
2: Okay, Aaron, worst uh, worse clip of, of James Bond singing. Timothy Dalton doing Love Will Keep Us Together or Pierce oh. Brosnan doing uh, the name of – what is it? The name of the game? What is the Abba song he sings? I, in, oh, my in, God. And Mamma Mia? You know, it's so oh, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Knowing you me, know, knowing it, you? Yeah. Well, just quickly – I was thinking when I was watching this, it did remind me of the Mamma Mia movies. It really did. Like I was like, you know, those Mamma Mia movies aren't that far off of this, and I didn't yeah. even think about Pierce Brosnan doing it. I, I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say Pierce Brosnan worse. Okay. I really I am because
2: what, I can't remember. What. He sang several songs.
1: I mean, it's it's
2: uh it's worse. At least <laughs> they, Mama, at least the Mamma Mia movie commits to being a musical. This this <laughs> yes this this movie it doesn't really it's not it's on some level it's not really even comfortable being a musical.
0: This is true, because, but there are full blown musical numbers such Which as Which don't the plot. Yeah. No, no,
2: no. But they it, entertain me. It is it is a fascinating <laughs> curio, Mike. Yeah, and, man, it and, really and is. the fact that you sat down and watched this twenty times gives me pause. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As a you friend, just think about how awesome that is.
2: I want to say something kind, like as a friend. That I, that, you know, I, what, I what I want to do is express concern here for your well-being.
0: Well, I want to talk a little bit about my personal connection to this film. So, as a child, I was obsessed with midnight movies. I growing up in the '70s, and at age ten, I've told this story. Uh, I was obsessed with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. My whole mm-hmm. as soon as like I knew what it was at age eight. So at ten. At my grandmother's house in New Jersey, the Asbury Park Press misprinted the rating as PG. So I grabbed the newspaper and was like, Ma! Ma! This is PG! So at, for right after my 10th birthday, uh, my hippie uncle and two of my hippie aunts took me to see Rocky Horror at the 8th Street Playhouse in 1978, um, which you know was like a, a life-changing experience. I saw the first pair of boobs. That wow. I was not related now, to now on gone the, stage. the A
2: Street Playhouse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, and
0: the A Street show ran Sex Ted at midnight regularly into the early '80s, and they had the poster for it while I was there, and I looked at it and I was like, "What is this?" And I always kind of associated it with the Last Waltz in my head because of the mm-hmm. rock star element. Then I looked; they came out a month apart from each other. Sex came out in May '78. The Last Waltz was in April. But I was always like, what, what is that? I was, I, it looked eerie to me, or so, which it is, of course, in ways I couldn't expect. And then I never got to see it. I could, it was not on video anywhere anywhere in Brooklyn that I could find. And then in spring of 1986, somebody at WOR, uh, Channel 9 in New York, some mad, I'm sure gay genius, started programming their primetime movies, one of which was the Harrod experiment, which they showed with all the nudity left in. And another one was Sextet, and I could not believe it. So I sat down with my sister, we watched Sextet, and from the moment they burst into Hooray for Hollywood, I said, This is uh, uh, this is this is (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to tell you, I you know, I have had a drag queen sense of camp since kindergarten.
3: So
1: you know, you just you putting those two together though, it, it occurs to me this movie's not dissimilar to Rocky Horror. It's sure, it's a bunch yeah. of bodybuilder guys in tiny
2: shorts walk around with <laughs> but this. That's, can't but be, that's a good movie. But that's queen a good movie. In the middle. Yeah. But the with queen this, middle, well, yeah. Tim
1: Curry is kind of acting like Mae West, right? Yeah. Wants to come yeah. up to the lab, see what's on the slab. Like it's yeah. it's a it's pretty. I see I see how yeah. these two changed your life.
2: So this falls into a category, Mike, which we talked about it's, on the on our podcast, which is comfort movies.
0: Very very much yes.
2: Like comfort food. Uh, uh, movies that you, you admit uh, on some level aren't very good, but because right. you have a connection to them, an emotional connection or a nostalgic connection, or you saw it with a parent or a family member or somebody that you care about, or it was a special time in your life and it brings back those memories, you have a special fondness for it.
0: Very much. And so it you're willing
2: to, you're willing you're almost apologetic about it and, and I have plenty of those. I told you one on the show uh, this this uh, t- awful TV movie called "Hello down there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah Richard yeah, Dreyfuss right. yeah, R- yeah, yeah.
2: R- with a young Richard Dreyfuss and right. Ken Berry and and uh, Merv Griffin, another all-star cast. That's right, Roddy <laughs> McDowell and Jim Backus and Janet Lee, and the, it's about a guy who builds a, an underwater home. And it isn't I, it isn't very good at all, but it's a it's 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 something that I that I hold dear.
1: I I get that. I have, I was just thinking I have like whole comfort genres that way. Like, uh, like, like Mike, I think you and I were just talking about this. Like, uh, I think because of all the cable movies I watched in the late seventies as a kid, any kind of not, I loved Neil Simon movies, but the Neil Mm -hmm. Simon knockoffs, Alan Alda, same time next year. Right. Uh, um, we were talking about the last married couple in America, which I just I watched. With, yeah, watched. With, with, like yeah. that kind of thing for me yeah. to watch. That that takes me back to being a ten-year-old peeking in on the adult world, and it's and it's pleasant. And there's nice '70s music,
0: and I can watch that anytime. That's my that's my comfort movie. And so. for me, it's it's rock musicals, really. So this is this is one of the primers. The one oh, that I go. always go to as my comfort film is the best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, yeah. Which I believe you once said your wife liked, Frank. My wife likes it very much. Yes, I am a big fan. I got to see it at the Music Box Theater on 35 last summer, which was a thrill.
2: Again, it commits to being a musical, though it's a legit musical. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Mae West skit with some songs thrown in, some po- some pop songs that somebody pulled well, you off. That's of true. you gotta
3: think
0: of as Necrophilia, the musical?
2: Yeah. You, you could. Om- I almost picture them going down the list of the of 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 chart hits of Billboard chart hits of the year and saying, "What? We- which one? F- how about the Streak?" No, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, the kung fu fighting? No. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Love will keep us together. Perfect.
1: Yeah, you know, a, you little, know uh, a little so
2: together. D- yeah.
1: Did you? Uh, did you? Mike and I always like to look for uh, reviews that came out at the time. Like, oh a yeah, did you some find good some good ones, ones for uh-huh. this? Yeah. Do you have wait, any? And, well, I found that Vincent Canby New York Times review. And I couldn't find that. Could you, did you write it down? Or? Yes. It's so vicious, and it's really interesting because. We talk about the Twitter era and social media, and oh, the the discourse is so crass yeah. now. And and in the New York Times, he was saying uh, he was saying the character we see in this peculiar film looks less like the May West one remembers from even Myra Breckenridge than like a plump sheep that's been stood on its <laughs> hind legs, dressed in a drag queen's idea of chic, bewigged, and then smeared with pink plaster. The creature inside this getup seems game, but arthritic and perplexed. It's just its just a brutal, just completely brutal.
0: Not inaccurate. Uh, one, I saw another line from that review. I couldn't find the actual review. Granny should have her mouth washed out with soap along with her teeth.
1: Oh, God. Vincent.
0: <laughs> but Variety, here's a good review. Uh, Sextet is a cruel, unnecessary, and mostly unfunny musical comedy. <laughs> Mae West made the mistake of returning in 1970 to the screen after a 26-year absence in Meyer Breckenridge, and she's blundered again. It's an embarrassing attempt at camp from the lady who helped invent the word.
2: Yeah. I mean, you you you, you admire her for coming back. You admire her for doing it. You admire You admire her for putting the work in. But she was she needed some actual material. Sure. Yeah. So if somebody had written a real comeback vehicle for her, or, or even given her a small role uh, in a in a larger
0: film, I don't think we'd be talking about it though. Uh, That's true. Plus years later. Great point.
3: <laughs> By the way, That's I heard true. you
2: guys talking on another another one of your podcasts about, and this is a you, you love rock musicals. Yeah. I love what you guys were talking about when you did the Gable and Lombard W. C. Fields and Me episode. I love movies about old Hollywood.
0: Sure. Oh, Specifically
2: yeah, yeah. movies in the, in the 70s about old Hollywood, like Hearts yeah. of the West and, and, right. and Nickelodeon and Day, Day of the, the Locust Locus, and yeah. um, uh, The Wild Party with J- James Coco doing a Fatty Orbuckle character.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we almost that, reviewed The Wild Party.
2: That's a comfort uh, genre yeah. for me, if it's a genre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, Luke yeah. Richard Richard Dreyfus and in inserts. If you guys have never seen oh, that, oh hell yeah, oh, oh yeah. Us? yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> the two guys that worked at
0: Hustler, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Wontonton, of course. Oh, poor Want Now, Juan Ton is brutal to me. That, <laughs> that's one of those like I mean I want to love it so much, but
2: I'm proud to you... say we had two different guests on the podcast from Juan Tonton and asked and we were, we we found somehow found the courage to ask them both about it.
0: Yes, yeah, Bruce Dern and Ron Liebman. Oh right, right, right.
2: Yeah. And they both had a sense of humor about it.
0: That's great. But
2: I and love not, those I love those 70s looks back. Oh, when yeah. you realize that you were that, that it was it was only uh, 30 years from or 40 years at the time. That's always mind from 30s Hollywood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because 40 years ago was 1980, it feels like last week. And when you watch a movie from 1980, it looks a little old, but it doesn't look like it's from another planet as movies did when we were kids you know well you
2: realize these movies made in the 70s were it was still semi-recent nostalgia
0: yeah oh absolutely yeah
1: and yeah you know yeah you guys always talk about the great uh abbott and costello uh, tv movie from that time too
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: that deserves its own episode
0: it truly yeah. does we'll, we'll have to do that aaron we'll have to do that yeah uh, with, i was I gonna enjoy, say i enjoyed you guys oh you
1: know what it. we've been wanting that's an you know what we'll do it for mike we've been wanting right. to do uh, have another guest on for a buddy hackett tribute believe it or not oh, perfect. so uh yes we'll do yeah. it for
0: that yeah perfect yeah, we'll do great. that and uh everything's ducky with scuttlebutt the talking duck <laughs> i
2: think i think you can get sandy hackett to come on and talk about his
0: pop. <laughs> i would imagine yeah
2: as, as long as you're not too uh, as long as you're affectionate
0: which how could be, we would be not I mean, be, yeah. How could you not yeah. be with yes. Buddy Hackett? But, but I was going to say, love. so the actor who plays uh, the uh, you know Don Vito Corleone knockoff in this, uh, whose name I wrote down and I can't, you know, which is like the worst imitation I've ever seen. Well, um, what
2: about the Jimmy Carter guy? Oh, well, I was going to get great. to him. I have a lot <laughs> oh, to say about he, him. He was so good. I have a lot to say. <laughs> about is, him. is the guy next to him who offers him the 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 the, the filter fish? Is that supposed to be Kissinger? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. that's one of those like
2: in again, in, uh, it's a Tony Ilsa, Orlando and
0: Dawn skit. Ilsa Harem keeper of the Oil Sheiks also had a, a faux I Henry see. Kissinger in it, and Bloodsucking Freaks <laughs> makes a reference to. I, I heard you Henry guys Kissinger. talking
2: about Billy Barty on another episode. This movie needs <laughs> Billy
0: Barty. Yes. Desperate. Oh God. Desperate. How Ant did Ant he? How Ant did Fritz they miss Feld. Him? Yeah, <laughs> how, how did, did they, they so, I wanted to say. I mean, so you talk about uh, George uh, Hamilton, uh, all-star comedy disasters, rather. So George Hamilton's per- film prior to this was "The Happy Hooker Goes to Washington." Oh yeah, 1977 with uh, Joey Heatherton as Xavier Hollander, of course, and George. A classic. Let me rattle off the rest of this list. And Aaron, we we got to do a Happy Hooker episode. Yeah. Um, a, a big thing for us is to promise that we're going to do movies <laughs> and then never get to them. And then there are, our listeners let us know. So Ray Walston, Larry Storch, um, a GGACP pillar, uh, yes. Jack Carter, who yes. died while on the, on the waiting list for GGACP.
2: Yes, we had him booked.
0: Rip Aww. Taylor, did you have him booked?
2: We chased Rip Taylor. He kept telling us that he had a memoir coming out and that he would love oh. to do the show. And the memoir never materialized and neither did he. So that uh, we, that one hurt.
0: Phil Foster, mm-hmm. uh, Joe E. Ross, both favorite. dead
2: before we started. Yep.
0: Uh, Billy Barty in the Happy Hooker goes to Washington. Same. David White, who was Larry Tate on Bewitched. Course. Course. Edie Williams from the Russ Meyer movies, and Harold Sakata, odd job as a character named Wong.
2: There you go. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: So Sextet was of its moment, for sure.
1: Well, I was thinking when I saw the Jimmy Carter imitator and then the Godfather bit, this movie has three of the pillars of 70s hack comedy from this period, which is Jimmy Carter, the Godfather imitation, and then a totally gratuitous uh shot in a scene in a kitchen with all the chefs of a stereotype <laughs> Asian chef with like playing like the gratuitous racist his Asian. Asian. sucking his noodles out of the bowl with like, exactly. For, like no, no, totally at, yeah. totally yeah. unnecessary yeah. because we must do that in the seventies. Well the whole
2: you movie's must. full of stereotypes so we're gonna, yes. gonna yes. go yes. gonna go down that road. And I was gonna <laughs> say
0: and, and boys, this is a legitimately excellent sight gig. When they are having the big celebratory feast around the U.N. table, there is a fishbowl with a spoon in it that's being passed around Saw like that. that's some country's delicacy. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so that Jimmy Carter lookalike used to freak me out as a kid because I remember him on the Jeffersons once.
3: Oh, George, George wow. was
0: having a dream sequence where he was a king, and a knight comes in, and he, like, opens the knight helmet, and it's the Jimmy Carter face. But So his name is Ed Beheller, and... um. He played. He started. He started a 1977. Bob Hope special.
2: I can get him for you. <laughs> <laughs> Say the word.
0: Um, and then, but I mean, like his face is like if you ever see the Alfred Newman mask in yeah. Up the yeah. Academy. Yeah. It's creepier it's than that. It's more uncanny and rubbery and 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 just inhuman. And, uh and, Go ahead. And, I'm sorry. He says, uh, "What's his big line?" Oh, he's a, he's shelling peanuts. It's like Billy was right. These people are nuts. Uh, so let me just run through a couple of his other movies: The Cayman Triangle from 1977, a one-hour film uh, wow. ripping ripping off the Bermuda Triangle uh, story set in the Cayman Islands. The, and then, so there was an, an article: the slapstick style movie has a similar feel to that of the popular Carry On feel films. It features celebrity impersonations and movie takes offs. It got a 30th anniversary DVD release in 2007, so that's on my list. Wait, what is it called? The Cayman Triangle. How, it was like a promotional not, film for the Cayman. I got to see this. Was yeah, he always playing
2: Jimmy it. Carter?
0: Yes, yes.
2: So there's a there's a whole other episode for you guys. People yeah. people who achieve fame through playing other people on screen, Repeatedly. like the guy that played yeah. Bogart and the man with Bogart's face. Oh yeah, yeah. Robert Sackey. Who's,
1: Who's the actor we talk about from this period, Mike? Who always played Jerry Falwell? Any sitcom that the guy, I don't know his name.
0: Yeah, every sitcom was Jerry Falwell, and then he was in the uh, People uh, vs. Larry Flint.
2: Was it Rick Richard
0: Paul? Richard Paul, thank you, Frank. Excellent, Richard Paul. Yeah. Uh, So then there was also the American Snitch, which I attempted to watch on Amazon Prime for three seconds. I lasted, which it was like a a gag. It was like a, a kitchen sink spoof. About a National Enquirer magazine. The Lonely Guy, which coincidentally, we just lost the incredible Bruce J. Great Friedman. Bruce J., yeah. yeah. Uh, coincidentally, I just watched that last weekend. He turns up in team. that. And uh, The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans, which I don't remember him in.
2: he has got a good career going.
0: And yeah. Hot Shots Part Due. So he was still doing Jimmy Carter. I'm sure. Until <laughs> 1993.
2: It's a living. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, so, I, mean, I
1: bet you, I bet you, all the ex-presidents were kidnapped in Hot Shots party. That's my guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you the, go. I, oh, I have anything. a suspicion. That's a solid yes. yes, I have yeah. a suspicion.
2: I think. Speaking of Happy Hooker movies, I think Adam West is in a Happy Hooker movie. He, he is. is. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. It, I think he even has a love scene with Joey Heatherton. Well, well, I maybe, I but maybe probably. the
2: Happy Hooker goes to Hollywood. Hollywood.
1: Oh, it is. Oh, that's Hollywood. I thought it was Washington. Okay. Or yeah. Washington. No.
2: Uh, no. But I, uh, he's not know, in the one you just read. He's in the other one. No.
0: Yeah. And I, I think he is. He's definitely in Young Lady oh. Chatterley 2. Did you oh, work yeah. with Adam
2: directly, Aaron, on Family Guy? Did you have any uh
0: Not any- really.
1: No. I, I no, I would just bad. he when he came in, when he Lovely came in, guy. it was just such excitement. Everybody yeah. loved it. So I would just stand in the gaggle of writers that was just standing around while he held court and he was just and he was so fun and so lovely great. guy
2: yeah we yeah Julie there was a... on Monday and she she obviously played the the love interest but yeah. she was, I asked her and she said no they recorded in separate locations she didn't get to meet him
1: oh yeah no he'd he'd come up to the booth in the office and just yeah and delighted everyone I mean, and his running of the
2: time he was recording from from Idaho right from the from the ranch
1: yeah
2: yeah he yeah it's
1: he um yeah it was so sad so sad when he passed and uh and I have to say I remember we really leaned on him for for blows to scenes he was just he was one of those guys you knew it was going to be hilarious when you dropped in Adam West so uh that was a yeah that was a big blow
2: yeah we 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 had him early on in the game and uh I regret that we didn't really know what we were doing audio-wise in those days, and we we had him on a phone call, and it's hard for me to go back and listen to some of those other older episodes, which is too bad. I, I wish we'd gotten a second shot at him.
1: I seem to it's remember still that a being a great Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Didn't he tell episode. the yeah the Frank Gorshin orgy he told story. the orgy on there. story. Yeah. He told Gilbert yeah. he would
2: have made a good penguin. <laughs> yes, yes so that's there right. Were, there, yeah. there were highlights in that show. I just wish that I uh, I, I wish I it, it sounded better. But, uh, I mean,
0: honestly, though, Frank, it doesn't. It does, uh, as a fan, it just sounds like a standard radio program at that point, well, as we had been that. used to them.
2: So I appreciate that. Don't
0: beat yourself up, please.
2: Too late. <laughs> can I beat myself beat? up for watching Sex Ted? <laughs>
0: you can beat yourself up for doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, Ken Hughes, the director, we'll talk about him for a minute. Uh, British uh, writer-director credits going back to '52. One of the co-directors of Casino Royale, mm-hmm. a movie. Have has any of Who us ever sat it? through the whole thing? It's just dreadful.
2: Yeah.
1: I've never made it through it's, the whole thing, beginning. To I, end. I I have, but it's not dissimilar to Sextet in terms of the parade of pointless cameos. And, and it's, and it's, but it's
0: like five and a half and hours yeah.
2: just stay for the Bacharach music.
0: Uh, the music is yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's the great. It's incredible. Music it looks beautiful.
2: Woody he get some laughs? Yeah. It's
0: wretched. Uh, And then he directed Alfie Darling. Oh, sorry. Before that, he directed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, a movie I think of as Ian Fleming meets Benny Hill. Uh, And then he directed Alfie Darling, which was a sexploitation sequel to the Michael Caine 1966 classic. And I think that's why. I, I mean, I have I have not seen that, but when I first rented Alfie. I thought it was going to be like a light-hearted sex farce, and boy, is it not ever! And I no. had a similar experience with Georgie Girl, based on the the great song by the Seekers. Mm-hmm.
2: Good movie, Georgie I, Girl. I
0: Love it, loved it. Yeah. But I was expecting, you know, uh, you know, as Sir Michael would say, gaiety and, and, and gayness in old in old Blighty, uh, but very heavy films. Um, his last film was the slasher movie Night School which introduced Rachel Ward, who, I, I, boy, she's really disappeared. But what I like, the nice touch with Night School, he billed himself as Kenneth Hughes. A nice. Kenneth Hughes. Listen, film. this
2: is range. A guy who could go yeah. could make Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and a sexploitation <laughs> yeah. film and a slasher movie.
0: Yeah. We and then the of writer, kind of range. Uh, Herbert Baker, he wrote a couple of good Martin and Lewis movies, Jumping Jacks and Scared Stiff. He wrote several Elvis movies, including King Creole. And most uh, connected to Sextet, he wrote The Neil Diamond Jazz Singer at 19.
2: 19- wow. Which you guys talked oh, about yeah. on that uh, on the, when you were talking about the movie Sidney J. Fury walked off of. That's right. That's right. <laughs> See, I'm a listener.
1: <laughs> yeah, I Thank love you for that. It. And, and by the way, King Creole, there's a movie that kicks ass. That's oh. probably my favorite Elvis movie.
0: May- amazing, Walter yeah.
1: Matthau, an incredible soundtrack. Trouble,
0: yeah. that, that's a great one. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's like a serious, that's like a real movie. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Good. Yeah, that's good. And again, it knows it's a musical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think, uh, do we have anything else to add?
1: I mean, just how much we all clearly loved this movie and how much how much we all admire and respect it and want to watch it again and again. That, that's pretty much it. Not, uh, I'll I, speak I for Frank. That's add, true,
0: Aaron.
2: Unless you want me to tell the story again about how Gilbert lost a part to Billy Barty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On the movie Life Stinks. Yeah, look,
2: see? McPadden's paying attention. I am, but
0: <laughs> also Aaron has a connection to Life Stinks. Do you remember Aaron? Didn't I have the poster for that in my
1: office at Hustler Magazine? Yes, you did. <laughs> think- <laughs> yeah, I remember that.
0: The first That's thing right. you saw when you went into Aaron's office at <laughs> Hustler Magazine was a giant Life Stinks poster.
2: <laughs> well, I so- have to thank you personally for bringing Sextet back.
0: Thank you for coming along for the ride. Yeah, how uh, oh, great.
2: It. I, I got about four hours sleep last night. Just haunting. From the. <laughs> it, I, I. I had such anticipation. I watched it this morning. I wanted the. I wanted oh, the memory oh. of it to oh, be fresh. Great, oh, great! great. I and thought I cou- you were
1: chilled to the bone by Babyface. No, I couldn't sleep. for by of May <laughs> <laughs> Babyface, baby a song that, in the best circumstances, is creepy and disturbing. But as as sung by people to Mae West, as she just goes, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, really, I was like, this is hell, man. This is not good.
0: Did you also notice in Alice's oh. song, which is called Next Next, she just occasionally goes, next,
1: next. I, I'm telling you, they just stuck her in an ADR booth, and she just went, oh, next, I think if, if, oh, we,
2: if, if we send this to Gilbert, he might add an old May West impression to his old, Gil- oh, his old Groucho. Oh, please. Yes. Oh, God,
1: that'd be great.
2: Yeah. Oh, that'd be are, great. I, he'll never sit through the whole thing, but, but Aaron's right. There are elements <laughs> of Jack Frost. Yes, oh, okay. there are echoes of it. Um, it's. Uh, I, I think that was Bob's bad. homage. What's that?
0: I think that was Bob Hope's homage to Sixteen. <laughs>
2: <Sex laughs> but I, I, will, I will. It's say Dolores
0: it was def- Hope's homage.
2: <laughs> I will say, in its defense, I agree with you, Mikey. I wasn't bored. Right. It's yeah. a faci- It's a fascinating car wreck. There are car wrecks that are just like like Skidoo is really hard to get through.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: boy. Yeah, Skiddo- we talking about Skiddo that. Yeah.
2: Skidoo is, 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 there's something about it that's just unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> True. And it's to talk about bad all-star comedies. But
0: the Finks is the this, same. Have you ever seen and that? The Finks is just yeah.
2: wretched. But this, this uh, what's that one, the, the Eagle? Are you familiar with the Eagle murder case? You know this picture?
3: Eagle, no. I'm, scre- I'm screwing no.
2: up the title. You Anybody near a computer? Go look it yeah. up. You could trim this part. It's the Manchu Eagle Murder Caper Mystery. Oh,
0: Jesus. Oh, wow. I don't know this. How can with Hunt, we not Hunts? Know Hall,
2: okay, put this on your list, Mike. Hunts Hall. Yeah. Gabe Dell from the Dead End Kids. Wow. Uh, po- podcast guest Joyce Van Patten. Barbara wow. Harris, Vincent Gardena, Dick Gaudier. Wow. Uncle Fester, oh Co- Nick Nick Colasanto, Coach from Cheers. Right. Right. And, yeah. Will, and Will Gear from the Waltons.
0: Will Gear, a bisexual communist.
2: There you go. <laughs> and and, and Sorel Book bringing up the rear.
0: Oh,
1: there he is. <laughs> oh, this is this is sweet spot stuff for Mike and I because Mike, i named. We don't know mid seventies yeah. <laughs> parody of Maltese Falcons. So it, there you so go. You know oh, we'll do this favorite. with the, Blackbird, do it the, with the uh, Blackbird, the George
0: Siegel movie. Yeah. No. Oh my God. And throw yeah. in
2: the man with Bogart's face.
0: That's perfect. Yes, and
2: you got a you got a triple a bad triple bill. Yep. Yeah, we got to see this. I Frank,
1: thought you, you have guys contributed would contributed so for much. Sure. I got I, I'm
0: embarrassed, wrong. and and uh, we should flagellate ourselves. Somehow. And it was
2: and it was written and directed by Matlock creator Dean Hargrove. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. that's well that's great. a must. That's yeah. happening.
2: I found a I found a a goofy bad comedy with an all-star cast that McPadden didn't know about. My work here is done. <laughs> it, <laughs> yes. t- truly
0: truly and, and mine has just begun. So and I mean that <laughs> is a thrill and it, it really is when and you I, I would imagine you go through this on on your podcast too Frank. When you find something that you absolutely should have known about and you don't. All That the has time, been a thrill though. for me. Yeah. All the yeah, time. All the time. All the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, we didn't know about Joy's when we when we I started I didn't either, the show. <laughs> and I found out yeah. from you. Yeah, but there's there was so much really bad '70s stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: uh,
2: that I that I didn't know about. I mean, I came into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, things like Legends of the Superheroes, I knew. Yes. I, yeah. I came into the podcast with, with Gilbert pr- pretty pretty well armed, uh, pr- pretty knowledgeable about a, a lot of shit o- yeah. over the years. But I but I discovered a ton more.
0: Yeah, no, I do too. And this this is a major one. So thank you so much for that's Frankson.
2: why these shows are educational.
0: Yes. and beneficial to society. Yes. We are essential workers in our own lives. I yes. think so. In these yes. times, in these, yes. times. In yeah. these so, times.
2: so find the find the, the the Manchu Murder Eagle whatever the hell this fucking thing is called <laughs> and try we, to sit through it. Yeah, we that's certainly That's job. Will.
0: So, yeah. all right. Have you, have you uh, done the Finks? It's truly terrible. We haven't. Um it's 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 miserable. It's yeah. just miserable. I,
1: I attended a screening at the American Cinematheque with the director. Can you believe that I wow. like me and me and maybe three other people there and uh sat through the whole thing just to see the Q&A.
0: How did it play in the theater? Not well. <laughs> I mean, it's the finks. So not well.
2: <laughs> we talked about that, right? We talked about it when you were on and we did When I was Star on, comedy. we talked about and We the talked about Finx, the big yeah. bus, and we talked yes. about uh um skidoo and the fakes yeah the and, skidoo
0: and, is the archetype yeah
2: yeah but but unlike and I will credit you because unlike this one this one is actually everybody seems to be pleasant everybody seems to be enjoying themselves <laughs> it's true skidoo they're not is angry
1: grim. to be it's there. like a botan death yes. march yeah, N- yeah. No one is unhappy to be there in 610. They seem to be thrilled to be around May West. Like I said, that was the kind of nice thing watching these rock stars be
0: Yeah.
3: Pleased
0: As to Alice be said, them. you know, I got to be in a movie with May West and she was 86, but she was still May West. That was well, his quote to me. Yeah. So.
2: I can see why you love it so much, but I'm still deeply concerned about you.
0: <laughs> I understand properly. <laughs> and it's I, important I, for me I to have to people talk to like Rachel you in my life. Friend. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, I guess we'll wrap up and say thank you so much. Frank Santopadre of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Uh, next week for Gay Pride, we're going to do Out of the Closet 82 with Making Love and Partners with uh, wow. Ryan O'Neill and
3: John Hurt. Yes. So. <laughs> wow.
2: Partners directed by former Amazing Colossal Podcast guest James Burroughs. Oh, that's oh
3: right. God. And I, wow. po- I pointedly
2: did not ask him about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so,
1: well, we're going to talk about
2: it
0: for ninety minutes. So. I was you thinking, guys though, can actually,
2: go where I, I feared to tread.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can weigh in on this. Should we do the ritz instead of making love?
2: Well, the Ritz is at least timely in a in a sense because Jerry Stiller's in it, and Ter- and Terence yeah, McNally uh, also just passed away. He just
0: died. Okay, so let's do, you okay. want to do that? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. The yeah. problem well, is, I think it's you. probably a good movie. <laughs> it doesn't have a great reputation. And <laughs> Richard right. Lester, I think. Yeah, it's Richard Lester. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah, Richard know Lester's
2: it. still kicking around somewhere out. there. Oh in, uh, wow!
0: No, I had no idea. He's alive.
2: Oh. He's in the UK. Yeah. We can't find him. Um, wow. And I, I, I can't imagine oh, yeah. he's given an interview in 20 years. He became a recluse. Wow. But I, he's, he's on this wall. Can you guys see this if I tilt the camera?
0: I see. Yeah. These wow. are names. Oh, yeah. these, are,
2: these are possible guests for the podcast. Amazing. Basically scrawled on the wall in marker. Wow. And it goes wow. all the way up to the ceiling, which you can't That's see. Fantastic. But Richard Lester is on that wall. Oh, uh, right be good. between Cheech Marin Great. And, and Nancy Sinatra, right where he belongs.
0: Oh, those would both both be great. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. we try. We try. You know, sometimes people fall into the net, and sometimes they. Alice Cooper is a tough booking.
0: I got him. <laughs> I don't you know got how. him. Yeah. You're doing something right. <laughs> and um, and Sex Tent got him. How could Sex right. get him, and you guys can't? <laughs> <laughs> a Jesus, monster dog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And we never had a bond either, so I've been chasing. I've had Gino uh, oh. chasing Timothy Dalton. Oh well, yeah. now
0: you can talk to him a lot about the most important film in his uh, canon. <laughs> you know it, Belly. Yeah.
2: Thank you guys for for making me part of this. It was really a thrill, and good to meet yeah, you, thanks, Aaron. Frank. Finally, and good to meet Ben. Do I have time to thank McPatton for being part of our crazy journey from year one?
0: Yeah. Thank uh, you, thank you for allowing me. It's six been six a, a,
2: years and 317 shows. Holy Mike's been mackerel! Wonderful pretty wow. much from the beginning, and uh, it's been great made.
0: fun. And uh, you've helped me move a lot of teen movie hells and heavy metal movies. So thank you. Well,
2: uh, we will. Well, I'll, prom- I'll promote the hell out of this show. And uh, thank you. Great. The, awesome. the world needs to see Sex Tet. <laughs> That's really,
1: what I've been there's saying. There's not enough bad stuff going on right now. They need to see <laughs> Sex tat too. You got to throw that on the
0: pile. Listen, we all need one <laughs> issue we can focus on together.
2: <laughs> yes thank you guys this was a kick
0: thank you hey hey mike to log off
1: to log off uh we yeah let's do our log off thing it's here you do it first here's my idea for a sign off mike let's log off and then do may west adr sounds going oh
3: (laughs) (laughs) okay great (laughs)
0: fade out on that so yeah we like to keep it like in the 70s talk shows where they would just keep talking so
2: i'm the oldest guy here would you like me to groan for you
0: Please join us yes.
2: Oh, I'm passing Actually Frank, stone. if
0: you you could say the line.
2: Crack or get off the pot.
0: Oh. 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 Come on, Next. We'll oh,
3: oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, gross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Rossi is
0: delicious oh You
2: yes. seek out the Steve Rossi story, <laughs> Thank you Frank.
3: Thank, Thank you Michael. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Regina. Chris. So
3: fun.